0: Before we get started, I want to point out that these conversations took place over the span of a few months and are not necessarily presented in the order they were recorded. Therefore we may touch on some, but not all, current events. In addition, when we say women, we mean all women. Although our dialogue often generalizes women into one social group with shared experiences, we want to specifically express our support for women in minorities of race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, etc., and for those using their voices for positive change. Hello, hello! Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Sarah DeForest, and I'm Victoria Banks.
1: This is the Table, a podcast by and about women in the entertainment industry. Welcome to episode ten: a conversation with professional model and social media influencer Kelsey Kinsel. So, pull up a chair and get nice and comfy because everyone
0: deserves a seat at the, the table. table. Do what you want, work what you got, say what you think, and don't let them stop you. Stop you. Don't, don't, don't let them stop Don't, don't let them stop you. Don't Don't let stop Kelsey Kinsel is a curve model and artist who currently resides in Los Angeles, California. Her passions for art and fashion are fueled by her desire to help inspire creativity in others. With a background in social entrepreneurship, she pursues her work with the purpose-driven mission of fighting for inclusivity. All right, guys, we have somebody very special. Um, she's someone I met my first year in Nashville, someone that I have really wonderful, positive, warm memories with, um, and who I'm so excited to to watch grow because she's done some pretty incredible things. Um, we have Kelsey Kinsel in the house. So Kelsey, can you give us a little rundown of, who you are and what you do, because I actually just found out a, a chunk of your history and entertainment that I had no idea about. Um, and you have a really diverse path that has led you to being a model and a social media presence and influencer. Um, we met when you were uh, doing a photo shoot for me, so a wonderful photographer. Can you give us a little breakdown of all of that?
2: Yeah, well, I've always been a very creative person and I've definitely let myself explore a lot of different avenues and paths, which I think has led me to where I am now. Um, But really my journey started when I was 15 and it was actually a really hard time for me. Um, I lost two of my friends to suicide when I was in high school and it just really devastated me and i never thought much about mental health before that. And um, it was really during that year that that happened that I started learning more about depression and mental illness, and how many people were impacted by suicide, and once I found out that suicide was one of the leading causes of death, especially for young people, I decided that I wanted to do something about it. Um, At the time, I was actually enrolled in this, like, entrepreneurship program for teenagers in my hometown of Las Vegas, and um, I was 15, and my mom was, you know, driving me there on Saturdays, and I was trying to come up with this idea of what I could do and something that has always impacted me as you guys will understand is music and so I decided that I wanted to create this compilation album of 10 different songs that I found to be uplifting and inspirational and I wanted to release that with a message of um, hope and of just like starting conversation about suicide prevention and mental health and so I set my sights on that project, and um, it took me two years to finish it. I literally knew nothing about the music industry going into it. I had no idea how much red tape I would have to go through. Oh, it's not
1: easy to navigate.
2: (laughs) I had no idea about any of that. And so, um, literally, like, started drafting the contracts myself, and then had to get help, and then it was just a huge thing. But um, from scouting the songs to drafting the contracts and all of that, I finished the project, and... I was so proud of that, and one of the artists on that project I met when I was in Texas visiting my sister, and he told me about Belmont University in Nashville, and that kind of opened up a whole new world for me, and that's where I ended up going to college, and I studied, you know, the music business and also social entrepreneurship, which is about, you know, social change and how to use business to help create social change, and so I was kind of like my evolution into Nashville. Um, one of the artists on that project was actually Chase Rice, who is doing awesome things now. And um, it was just a really insightful project to be a part of. And another part of that was launching an awareness campaign focused on just starting conversations about mental health. And I had these posters made that said "Let your hope shine," and that was kind of my main message was just "Let your hope shine." And so, I would send these posters out to people that I thought were, like, super inspirational. And um, it kind of took off. I had, like, Kim Kardashian, like, post a photo. And I had, like, all these people join and, like, pose for the, you know, the photo. And um, it was just really cool. And it opened my eyes to, like, how much potential we all have to create an idea. And then to, like, put that into the world and help create, like, that ripple effect of positive change. Um, I'm really, really proud of that. And it's something that really launched me into my passions in, you know, media and entertainment and music and just all of that. And so long winded answer, but that's what got me into Nashville. And then once I was in Nashville, you know, I explored a lot, whether that was, you know, blogging, photography, all of that. I worked a corporate job. I was a nanny. I did a lot and let myself really explore what I love to do and I've always been interested in fashion. And so now that I'm in LA and working as a professional model, um, it kind of ties all of that together. And I feel really privileged to be in a position where a lot of my work is visible. And so I can use my platform to hopefully help shine a light on some of the issues that I'm passionate about.
1: I mean, first of all, I kind of want to download everything you learned in your social entrepreneurship. Um, Degree into my brain because that sounds fascinating, and I had no idea that they had that program. It was
2: incredible, it was so interesting. And I was one of the first people I think to go through the program. I think there were a couple of like years that it what do I say? Like a couple, I think it started a few years before I went through the program, and um, it was just phenomenal. It was very hands on and just really empowered us to realize that we can use whatever industry we're in to help create that positive change
0: what a great time to have that at your disposal especially now did you always know that when you started that obviously you you've been super passionate and driven and knew that creativity and social justice were hinging points of who you were and what you wanted to do but did you always have a super clear direction of the kinds of careers and path you wanted to take or did that evolve as you lived and matured and just saw more of the world?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. Like I've always known that I'm more of a creative thinker. Um, The corporate jobs that I worked, I struggled, not struggled, like had a hard time, but it just, it didn't match with who I am. And I think now I'm grateful that I went through those experiences because I can officially say like, okay, I'm on the right path doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, But I've always been very, creative and driven and inspired by art in all of its forms I think art can be the way that you live I think art can be painting I think art can be music it is so many different things and I just am so inspired by people that create something and share their ideas and put it into the world and so for me I think I always knew that's what I wanted to do I just didn't always know the proper medium for it and I think as I've grown I've really kind of Establish, you know, where my passions lie and where my strengths are. And it's definitely something that's come as I've gotten older. So you mentioned
0: earlier that, I mean, obviously, you've even early on have had some really tough experiences that not even people who live to their 80s, 90s and beyond may have. And you've used them not to your advantage, but you've used them as lessons to grow and and change for the better and use that to move forward and help others. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience as a woman in these industries, because you've had such unique jobs and experiences and you've created things that didn't exist before. And as a woman, all of these kinds of things are in the entertainment realm. and that's what Vic and I connected on so deeply when we started this. Um, do you have any specific experiences, good or bad, that were gender-driven?
2: Well, I think it's interesting because I've done so much, and I feel like I'm still, I'm getting older, but I feel like I'm still pretty young. And so I think in certain jobs that I've worked, I've definitely felt more of like the the pay gap and things like that. As far as the industry goes, um, especially being a model, I mean, I don't even know where to start. There's just, like, so much packed into it. It's, like, the whole career is appearance-driven. And so the very nature of our work is being viewed by people we don't know. And so for better or for worse, like, you're always going to be getting opinions from people and so especially for people listening, um, I work as a curve model, which means that I'm not like a size zero sample size model. I fit the sample size of like the plus size models. And so that comes with a lot as well. And so a lot of times personally on my like personal social media, I feel like I've curated a really awesome community and I don't get a lot of hate, but as far as the industry goes, a lot of the plus size models get a ton of hate and a ton of like, um, Trolls or whatever you want to call them, online. And um, a lot of it comes from men and also women, but a lot of it comes from men. And I think that it's very complex and it's, there are a lot of layers to it, but I think it's a lot of social conditioning from the types of women that we're used to seeing in the media and um, the ideals that have been portrayed. And so for me, what I'm trying to do is to help represent a different ideal and show that you don't have to match one ideal that you can be yourself and help create your own path and do what you're doing no matter what you look like or what you have to say so to answer your question that's kind of you know um something that I've noticed is more so just like opinions of you know strangers whenever they're seeing like your photo your image online and just kind of feeling that pressure I guess of like public
1: opinion. I think about the discussions that we've had as creatives in in songwriting as you know musical artists you are the product in a way that's very difficult to separate yourself from in music but probably even more so as a model. I mean they're looking at your body. It's it's you. You are the product and it takes some guts i'm sure to to put that out there and to know that it's going to be there sort of for public consumption and public opinion and and public feedback and all of that stuff and so how do you how do you cope with that how do you deal with that if if you find yourself the target of something that someone says that's hurtful about you
2: yeah so i mean i've had to do a lot of um growing over the years and defining for myself what success is and what it is I want to do and what, you know, self-worth means and all of that. And I'm grateful because I'm older. I'm not like 16 years old coming into the industry. I'm, you know, in my 20s and, um, a lot of times models retire by like 23. So I'm in like a unique position coming in older and having a stronger sense of self. Um, But I really had to define for myself what it means to be successful because as a model, you know, some people view success as being the most desired, the most appealing, the most booked, the most whatever. And for me, success is showing up as myself, being authentic. And that's that. What people think of it isn't my job. It's not my responsibility. And it took me a long time to get to that place. Um, But I think, you know, being on social media for so many years, it's kind of developed a thick skin where I'm just like, you know what, like I am who I am. And you're gonna have to let go of that control over your image because especially as a working model, it's like you don't have control over it. So you can go and work an eight or a 10 hour shoot and that's that. You move on to the next day of work and you don't know what photos they're gonna pick what you're going to look like. If it's a photo you think is flattering, like you don't know. And you don't know where that photo is going to end up necessarily. And so it's just, you lose that control. And so you just have to decide like, you're okay with being yourself and letting people perceive you how they want to perceive you. And knowing that that doesn't change your worth or change who you are. That, that to me feels like one of the healthiest
0: mindsets that a person could have. And it reminds me so much of a conversation we had with another guest this season about just letting go and and also about how little creatives are really valued in the grand scheme of things. But we provide the majority of things that people consume, whether it's music, visual media, graphic art, social media, I mean radio anything we we provide so much of what people do outside of their nine to five whatever it may be and yet a lot of times at least in in my past and when I especially was was a teenager and doing this in high school and you'd get the parents of other people being like oh well, good luck with that you know like that kind of thing but you're still going to go to college right which I did and then I ended up even with a 4.0 in college and a, a. four-credit major and a double minor dropping out because my calling was calling and it's such a weird thing to be told oh well you know just close your mouth don't talk about what's going on in the world etc and just write your song or just stand there and look pretty or and I think that's such a funny thing to say to somebody whose job it is to kind of reflect the social and cultural state and We also, as creatives, I feel like we get a lot of, um, we do this because we couldn't cut it academically or traditionally speaking when it comes to intellect. And to me, creatives are the smartest people I have ever met and also the healthiest, the mentally and emotionally healthiest and most intelligent. Um, And the fact that you can stand there and do what you do which entails so much more than anybody knows it's not just standing there and looking pretty it's preparing it's going to callbacks it's standing there trying on the clothes and having discussions and going through even more than i know about that which is very little um what has your experience been with any kind of pushback or trying to broaden people's understanding of what it is you do and what you're you're trying to do?
2: You know, I think that's something I'm still figuring out. Um, yes to everything you said, by the way. I'm in complete agreement. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Like, being a model, you're going to castings all the time. And you're going to meet with a client or a brand or a designer who has a specific idea of what they're looking for. And so... Usually if you're going to the casting, you at least somewhat match what they're looking for, maybe in size or whatever type you fit into, like maybe it's your hair color, like whatever that is, but you don't know exactly what it is. And so you're showing up day after day and a lot of times you don't get booked for that job and it just is what it is. And so it's hard to like keep that persistence sometimes unless you have like that why and that purpose of what you're doing. And especially in modeling, it's like you can lose a job because of a quarter of an inch on your hips, like truly. And so it's just, I think you have to gain that perspective and just say like, okay, I'm building what I'm building because of, you know, X, Y, Z. And if this client matches what I'm doing, awesome. And if not, then that's okay. Um, I think there's always pushback. There's always rejection in entertainment, no matter what you're doing. And I think knowing your why really helps solidify it. As cliche as it sounds, it's like if you can know why you're doing something, then you can keep showing up for it. And if you don't know your why, then every time you get rejected or every time you're told, oh, we need you know this instead of this, then you're not gonna take it personally.
1: Totally makes sense. It made me think about the creative journey and, and yours especially navigating all the different sides of it that you have been doing so far. Um, It can be lonely and it can be isolating. So who's your safety net? Like, is your family a strong unit? Is that your background? Have you created a community among your friends? Is there a strong network of women? Uh, What does that look like for you?
2: For sure, and I'm glad you asked that because I don't think people realize that creative careers can be very isolating um, because it isn't like the normal or typical path to take. And so people don't understand the nuances of the challenges that come up and how hard it can be and so to have people that understand can be really comforting and so i really try to build a support system for myself of people that i can trust that you know trust me that i feel like i can go to when i'm dealing with you know whatever it is that comes up and i'm so grateful because my family is very supportive they've always been very supportive And, um, it's really exciting to share, you know, my victories and my wins with them. And I just, I think it's important also to prioritize mental health. And so whatever that looks like for each individual, whether that's, you know, going to the beach every day, which I understand is a huge privilege not everybody can do that, but, um, or maybe it's like, you know, having a morning matcha or, you know, having a certain friend you can call, or maybe it's going to therapy or maybe it's. Um, letting yourself have an hour at night where you write a song and that's just what you do. Like developing some sort of ritual for yourself that allows you to express what you need to express in a safe environment is really important. And it doesn't have to be something that you share with other people, um, just something for yourself every day that you can do that allows you to just kind of center in on, you know, whatever you're going through and just kind of process through it. I think is important for everybody, but especially creatives.
1: I love that. I need that. I needed to hear that too, because, you know, like
2: I'm a mom in a pandemic, so I don't take that time for myself and I need to. I have so much respect and so much empathy for what you're doing. You're wearing a million hats and you're doing amazing.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. I love the idea of like a, a ritual, a daily ritual like that to make it a ritual moment. Um, for yourself and that's a beautiful thought I love that
2: and it's not gonna be perfect like I say that and some days I'm like wow I did nothing for myself today but you know it happens and that's part of it too is just realizing that okay like setting the intention of doing it I think even just helps you realize like I need to check in with myself and make sure that I'm you know in alignment with you know what I want to be in alignment with
1: I think that it seems like you have really mastered the art of self-talk and being aware of your self-talk um, that's something that I've thought a lot about as a creative person and something I struggled with early on, cause I think when you're young and you're beginning to explore your creativity, especially, but often it hangs on throughout our lives. We tend to talk to ourselves in a really negative way, in a really judgmental way. We're harder on ourselves than anyone else in the world. Um, And there's a real learning curve to figuring out how to be aware of what that self-talk sounds like and to modify it and make it kinder and make it more considerate of your internal creative child that needs love and protection um, and you know you wouldn't scream at a kid who couldn't make the drawing you wanted them to make you know it's like you're stuck and that's the way we talk to ourselves right so but um, the way you're talking about this and and the way you're talking about your career I can tell that you've done a lot of sort of self-exploration in that in that as well to make sure that your self-talk is healthy and the way you treat yourself is healthy
2: for sure you know I I know I said this already but I think especially in the modeling world like, everybody has an opinion. And so if you don't have the strongest opinion, you know, about yourself, then somebody's going to define it for you. So you really have to, like, decide what it is you believe about yourself. Otherwise, somebody else is going to step in and say, oh, you're this, this, and this. And so I'd rather just decide, okay, no, I'm this. And no matter what anybody else says, I know who I am, so it doesn't matter.
0: That that makes me so curious as to who your greatest supporters and champions and mentors are and what that looked like for you in your career. Because I am a very firm believer of there's no such thing as a self-made woman or a self-made man. There's always going to be someone who gave you something or taught you something or gave you an opportunity that allowed you to end up where you are. And it could be something super tiny. It could be an ongoing mentorship. But Who are those people and what does that look like for you?
2: For sure. So, I mean, I could pull out a list like a million miles long. Um, (laughs) No, I think I've been really, really fortunate to be surrounded by some really strong women in my family. And um, just my family as a whole is very supportive and I'm very thankful for that. Um, But I mean, as far as other people, I think I've always come across really strong women, especially in Nashville. I feel like I met a lot of whether they were a singer or songwriter or somebody in the business. I just, so many people that no matter what they were doing, they were doing it for a reason deeper than themselves. And I think that always inspires me. And I remember there was a mentorship program at Belmont and I had a mentor like assigned to me and she was like a very successful person in the industry, and. I just remember she made time for me like every week during that semester and she would pour into me and just say like, you don't have to know what you want to do right now, but like give yourself that permission to explore it. And I was like, you know what? Yes, that's what I need to hear because like we have so much pressure from society, from ourselves, from everywhere that we need to know exactly what it is we want to do. And that's what we need to focus on that one lane and master that one thing. And that's just what it is. But I've always been like opposite of that because I think it's important for ourselves to like have the ability to explore and to see what we're good at, see what, you know, maybe we're not so good at and go from there. And so I'm grateful for her and I'm grateful for so many people that have always kind of encouraged me to explore those ideas and let myself, you know, be the adventurous person that I've always been. So (laughs)
0: those people can be so instrumental in in your mindset even maybe not even an opportunity or a door they open but just the way that they taught you to think about yourself and your situation
2: i've always really sought out inspiration like it's never been like happenstance i've always sought out inspiration because i think as a creative i'm always trying to be in a state of feeling inspired and whether that's like a youtube video or a podcast or a book or anything like that i've always tried to seek out inspiration and a lot of times I've found it through other creatives and so whether that's listening to an interview or whatever I think you know a lot of times there have been women that have inspired me over the years that have brought me to where I am. Seeking out
0: inspiration is I think one of the biggest misconceptions about creatives is that inspiration just falls into your lap and somehow we're supposed to, we're just like sitting around zoning out and we're like oh my god here's an idea which does happen But a lot of times you have to be so conscious to cultivate that mindset and that situation that allows you to channel something that turns into a tangible thing, whatever your art form is.
2: Definitely, and I think like this serendipitous inspiration that you kind of mentioned comes when you allow yourself to be in that inspired state. So like, you know, Mm -hmm. you might seek out an interview with somebody that inspires you and be inspired. And then maybe like that evening, You get that idea or you feel, you know, a new creative project come about.
1: We got to put water in the well. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, on the flip side of what we were just talking about a little bit ago, do you have any experiences where people maybe were intentionally trying to block your success? because? For me, I know that I've been fortunate just like you to have a lot of incredibly wonderful supportive women and the majority of my experiences with women in my industry have been positive, but there have definitely been a few times where things have happened and I'm like, "Whoa, you went out of your way to to make this difficult or to stop me from getting something."
2: Absolutely. So, I've been fortunate and had, you know, like you said, a million women that have been supportive. But on the flip side of that, there have been a lot of instances of not-so-supportive women and people in general, but especially I've noticed it amongst other women pursuing maybe a similar career path. And so I think there's a sense of like competitive energy that can sometimes come up, which I've never really understood, but I've definitely felt it. And I've always kind of try to steer clear of that because I'm very much from the mindset of like, there's room for everybody. Like, I don't think success is like a mountain peak where there's like room for one person at the top. It's like a plateau, like help people up. There's room for everybody here. Like, it's just kind of crazy to me, but I've definitely felt people like try and, whether it's like get information out of you or like be super close friends with you. I've definitely felt that like catty energy before. Especially, I feel like, maybe in my younger years in Nashville, when people, you know, at college were trying to, like, get into the industry and trying to, like, find their way in, and it's just not something that I think needs to be happening, but I think I understand where it comes from, and I think it's from, you know, the lack of opportunity that sometimes women face, and they feel like they have to fight for their spot in it. But I think what we need to understand and help each other realize is that there really truly is room for everybody because none of us has the exact same thing to offer and we all have unique perspectives and unique skill sets. And if we help each other, we can go a lot farther than if we're trying to like race to the top.
1: (laughs) Well, you've seen a lot of different sides of the entertainment industry, so to speak. So do you feel like women, have greater challenges? Are they treated differently in the different realms you're working in?
2: I don't know what it's like to be a man, but I know what it's like to be a woman. And I know that women face a lot of pressure that I don't think men always face, whether that's based off of our appearance or that's you know, what our purpose is in the entertainment industry. I think a lot of times women have an ideal that they're supposed to li- like live up to, And I think that that in turn places that like pressure on ourselves that sometimes turns us away from creating or can in turn make us competitive with each other. And I think it's just something that the more we talk about, the more we can understand and kind of find a way to navigate it. But I I think it's the same in modeling it as it is in music, as it is in being an influencer or whatever. It's just like people have this sense of like, there's not enough room for everybody. And it's just, it's not true. And there's never been a time really, it's like we've never had social media before like a decade ago or however long ago. And it's like, we all have our own lane now that we can kind of dive into and flourish where we didn't have that before. And so the traditional gatekeepers that we had, we don't have anymore. I mean, they're still there, but you don't have to go through those paths. Like you can create your own path. And that's, I think what people need to realize. And so I think, really kind of Sarah, you and I like I think we're kind of like in that generation that is like just kind of coming up with the understanding of like the gatekeepers, but also kind of like this new TikTok social media era where it's like you can kind of learn from both like methods and kind of forge your own path forward. And the more that we help people realize that, I think the less competitive and the less pressure that we'll face as women, as anybody, because we'll just be able to be ourselves and contribute our art instead of focusing on competing for a spot somewhere.
0: I think that's so true. And and even further, now more than ever, if there's not a path for you, you can either create one or just hang out for another six months or so. There's going to be another app or another platform or another website or a company that springs up to address the issue that you're experiencing. And I think you're so right in, in talking about a lot of that that blockage and resistance coming from just mere energy because a lot of times people think that kind of thing is an action a specific going out of your way thing that someone did and the majority of the time it's more an energy it's a mindset it's a reasoning behind how someone acts and goes about their day and that is the majority of what i've experienced i'm super bad with learning when when i i just don't have to share anything or say anything and i'm the first person to give all the information because i want to help and then feel icky about it because I realized it was a very takey kind of situation. It's such a hard thing. And I think sometimes people don't even realize that that is their intention behind that interaction. But when you have a me against them mindset, that's inherently where every situation is gonna come from um do you have any ways that you've learned to deal with those situations any ways that you protect your energy
2: definitely and I think it circles back to having those like self-care practices in place like if I can stay in a state of feeling in tune with like my own purpose and my own path then it allows me to kind of like distance myself from that negative energy that can come in or people that try and take 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 everything from you, you know, like you just need to stay in that mindset of why you're doing it and just keep meditating on it or like focusing on it and just letting that be your getting light because there are people that will try and come and like, you know, ride your coattails or try and get information out of you or discredit you or like anything like that. Um, and I think if you know who you are and what you have to bring to the table, then like nobody can mess with that. And it just is what it is. But I will say too, I'm very much like you, Sarah, and I always try and like give and help and try and like share the information that I have because I think it's important, but there have been instances where I've done that and it's in hindsight, I've been kind of like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have given that person the time that I gave them. And it's kind of a balancing act of just kind of trying to like make yourself available, but also having those boundaries and saying like, okay, okay you know, maybe I can help this person in this capacity, but maybe next week I can't. And so it's just like letting yourself say no and have those boundaries, I think is really important because people will take what they can take.
1: Yeah, that's a tough thing to learn. And it's a tough thing to navigate. It's always a tough thing to navigate when to say no, wh- how much of yourself is too much to give? And when is it suitable to do that? And you're very, you have a lot of clarity, obviously, on your why. How do you feel in situations when you are, when there's confrontation or when you're uncomfortable? Do you feel like you are confident in speaking up in those situations or do you struggle with those moments?
2: I've always been very non-confrontational, but I've also like always kind of advocated for myself in the way that I know how to. Does that make sense? So it's like, I feel like my way of advocating for myself might not be confrontational, but it might be like removing myself from a situation or like doing what's best for me. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't like confrontation, but I think it's important, especially in entertainment to know your boundaries and to have like those solid lines drawn. Um, but yeah, no, it's taken me a long time to feel super confident in voicing boundaries and like making sure I'm able to confidently, you know, say no or disagree with people and all of that. And I think that comes from being a woman and also being a woman in entertainment. That can be hard to do.
1: Yes. Um, I have to recommend for anyone listening the book, when I say no, I feel guilty. It's a old school book on assertiveness, but it changed my life reading this book. And it's just some of the most basic things, um, about how you don't have to give an excuse for why you can't do something. You know, you can just say, I'm unavailable, I can't do it. You know, um, just really sort of bringing it home that you have a right to your feelings and your emotions and your reactions, and they don't have to be justified and they don't have to be rational. You have a right to those. And uh, those kinds of things, I mean, I'm the same kind of person as you were. I I don't like confrontation. I want things to be harmonious and sometimes you just find yourself in places where you have to be able to speak out and carve those boundaries carve those lines with people when they just don't get it that they don't get the hint you know.
2: yeah no there's a time where you have to be direct and you just have to let it fall where it falls (laughs) what about
0: your your team now um and i don't know exactly what that looks like for for a model because i've never been in, in that industry but um speaking of confrontation and situations where you might not feel comfortable, might need to stick up for yourself. I'm sure that there's been situations like that. My, one of my very best friends in college was a model. She'd been doing it since she was probably 12 or 13. Um, and I always remember when she was telling me, she actually, she's in law school now, an incredibly intelligent woman. And she had a very interesting experience where her, um, family really wanted her to be in that industry and she was good at it and she liked it but she was like I want to be a lawyer like th- I want to be a lawyer and she always told me one of the things that really pushed her to be solid in that was standing on literally a, a pedestal like a-, a platform in a the tiniest black bikini you could ever imagine as like a 15 year old girl and having modeling executives like pinch her skin and talk about her measurements and talk about, oh, well, you need to be skinnier here, this and and then being offered a a giant contract and deciding not to move forward. But um, she was still in the industry to a degree when we were in college and she spoke about that so beautifully as a learning experience, but I always think like as as an artist, I've definitely had people comment on my body when it was completely not necessary. And as artists and in entertainment, we kind of sign up to that to a degree. But I'm sure that you've had experiences where you're like, oh, I feel like i'm not comfortable with this do you have any advice for women especially women trying to be in the modeling industry on how to deal with those situations and maybe ways that you can involve your team
2: absolutely that's such a good question and first off i think it's really important to find a team that you 100 percent trust and that you're on the same page with because those people are advocating for you and if they're on the same page as you, then they're gonna be able to put you in situations that you feel comfortable in. Um, I'm very lucky, I love my agent. I get along with her so well and we're on the complete same page about basically everything. Um, She's awesome. So I've been fortunate to not really be in situations in the industry like your friends, Um, but I think that's because I've really solidified my goals with my agent. Also, I'm coming in the industry a little bit older I think if I were younger, I think I would have faced a lot more of that um, and not knowing how to advocate for myself. But now I'm able to say kind of like, these are the types of clients I want to work with. I don't want to shoot lingerie. I don't want to do this and feel comfortable saying that and maybe turning down a client or a contract that doesn't align with what I want to do. Um, But there have been situations in the past, not in the industry, that definitely have not been in alignment with who I am that I've had to learn how to, you know, say no and have boundaries and things like that. And so I think I think my advice to somebody would be establish your boundaries as early on as they like possible. Have a team that you fully trust and make sure that your team knows your boundaries ahead of time and have like a plan of action. So if you find yourself in a situation that feels uncomfortable, make sure you have a plan ahead of time so you know what to do because you might feel flustered you might feel like okay I'm on set what do I do have your agent on speed dial or whoever it is and be ready to call them and say I feel uncomfortable I'm leaving or whatever it is and just know ahead of time that if you find yourself in a position where you feel uncomfortable know what you're going to do
0: boundaries are so important I was talking with someone the other day and she was like isn't it insane how much credit we give a person for just merely respecting a boundary that we set that shouldn't be a insane idea that oh my gosh someone actually respected my boundaries but it's pretty crazy how often people hear or see a boundary and are like no I don't like that I'm gonna gonna keep going so that's I think some of the best advice you can give anybody in any situation. Um, And I'm really curious as to how you go about championing other people when you're in that position because I was telling Victoria before we got on since you both had never met before, kind of how we initially met. And I'm pretty sure we met on a Facebook group for girls that live in Nashville or something. Like very early on to when I moved to Nashville and I was looking for someone to do a photo shoot. I hadn't had pictures in a while. And I met Kelsey in like the comment section of the post and just loved her and, and thought she was great. And we had a photo shoot. She just came to my house and we, and we did some like different looks and stuff. And I was telling Victoria that I'm pretty sure up until then I'd never worked with a female photographer. And the male photographers I'd worked with were fantastic. It always made me feel very comfortable, but they weren't very... Um, verbal very engaging they weren't super positive and talkative and um, encouraging in the way that I needed as a girl who was like not the most camera comfortable person Um, and you were so positive and encouraging and complimentary where it needed to be but it never felt fake Um, and we talked about your goals and passions and and all that stuff and I remember leaving that experience feeling really empowered and more confident in front of the camera and like I I could try out a face or a pose and not feel totally stupid. Um, and it, it left me with a really great confidence that I carried forward into other experiences. So I want to know how you, when you're in that position to either support and lift up other women in your industry or be creative as a part of someone else's project, um, how do you go about that?
2: Well, I loved shooting with you that day, first off. (laughs) It was so much fun. Um, I think beyond it all, I think this kind of ties into a little bit of what you were asking earlier. I think women are so programmed to try and be likable and desirable and to be appealing. And I just think like at my core, like I'm doing what I'm doing because I think that all is kind of like bullshit. Like I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but like we have so much to offer beyond looking a certain way or coming across a certain way. And I just like always try and champion people that are contributing ideas or art into the world, whatever that looks like. And I really resonate with people that are fearless in doing that. And so I will always and forever try and champion other people with their creative pursuits because it's hard to do. And I think a lot of times we feel pressure to be well-received when really it doesn't matter. It's like the win is contributing your art to the world. Like the win isn't like being liked. Like that really doesn't matter. Um, For me, the gift of being a creative is just being a creative. Like I love being a creative. It makes life so cool. And an added bonus to that is being able to share that. And so when people come along that I resonate with that have art or, are living a life that I think is awesome and when I met you Sarah you were one of those lights that was just like passionate about what you were doing I really try and empower them because I think we don't have enough of that energy going around enough people championing others for what they're doing it's like so common to get a compliment from somebody based off of what you look like or to be like oh my god you look so cute today which is like great but like what about like I love what you're doing like I love your art I love your message. I love what you have to say. I love, you know, your project that you're working on, like things like that. Like we really need to raise up each other in what we're trying to do because that's, what's going to change the world. It's not going to change the world. If we like look cute that day, like, yeah, look cute that day. That's awesome. But like, that doesn't really matter. And so at the end of the day, I just will forever and always try and champion people with their creative ideas because I just think it's a gift to be a creative and it's a gift to share it. And I just think we need more creatives.
1: (laughs) I love that. And my mind just got blown because as you were talking about that and saying, you know, we're so conditioned to be well-received and to be liked, it just occurred to me like, who would I be if I didn't feel the need for that? Like, what would my decisions be? How would they be different? how would I act? I would probably do more things that I needed for myself and a lot fewer things that other people seem to need from me. And, you know, it just kind of for a moment at like the top of my head blew off just thinking about that. (laughs) I could see it happening.
0: I looked over to the little Zoom box and I was like, I saw as much. She was like staring off into space. That's so incredibly true, though. And I love that you brought that up because I, especially since starting this podcast, have been really conscious to try when I do compliment someone, first of all, have it actually be true, not just complimenting someone for the sake of wanting someone to like me, which sometimes definitely happens. Um, But I've always tried to do something that's not visual um, as a compliment. And I think that's so important because going off of what you were saying, women are so conditioned to be known in their entire existence from how they look. Um, I always think back to a lesson from one of my teachers in college about uh, gender communication. That's kind of where my communication focus was. And they did a study and they found that in the raising of boys and girls, boys were conditioned to fail. They were conditioned to take all the big chances and they were applauded for failing because they tried and then they were gonna get up again and go fail again and maybe succeed and it was expected. And girls were conditioned and expected to, to play it safe, to only attempt what they knew they were going to succeed at and play it safe and they were always kind of coddled if they did fall or fail it was like okay you failed you can't try that again you have to switch to something else that you will probably succeed in until you just kind of like possibly hit the jackpot and i think that's exactly how we condition um boys and girls growing up boys are conditioned to receive praise and and they're they are praised for what they do and when they say something intelligent i can remember i was always the like the very mouthy kid in class that raised my hand a million times and i had people comment on i I should maybe not raise my hand as much and i'm like well i know the answer and i have something to say and no one told the boys that they should put their hands down less you know like (sighs) Well, I and also I was right and he was wrong. Like, actually, I had the answer. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I love you, Sarah. You know? <laughs> but I think that's exactly it. Girls are praised on how they look and how good they are, how sweet they are, how much they don't stir the pot. And boys are like, "Oh, you're so interesting. Oh, you went for it and you you were controversial and that was cool." You know.
2: That's so true, though, and I think it's so interesting that study was done and it's just it's so spot on accurate and i was listening to your podcast this morning from the first season and i can't remember which one of you said this but one of you said the patriarchy isn't
1: that's sarah's quote patriarchy has no gender it's a bell hooks quote yeah
2: and that's just so true like the patriarchy has no gender and i think it's because we're so conditioned to play a certain role and so when we step out of that role we we feel resistance like we feel like okay I'm not being, like, good. I'm not playing the part I should be playing. And so it's easier to step back into a comfortable position of, you know, doing what you should be doing and appearing how you should appear and not rocking the boat. And it's just easier that way. But I think it's really important that we have people that are okay with feeling that tension and stepping out and, you know, going against the grain and doing what they want to be doing versus what they feel they should be doing.
0: I think that's great. And, and before we get into our little rapid fire questions, I just kind of want to end with asking you what you hope to do in the next couple years and throughout your life and career. Um, do you have any goals, any specific things that you want to achieve, ways you want to change the world and inspire people? What's kind of on your bucket list?
2: That's such a good and big question. Um, (laughs) I'm really proud of myself for being where I am right now in life. Um, I've worked really, really hard to be here. And while I've had a lot of support along the way, I don't want to discredit how much hard work I've put in to be here. And I think I'm definitely just trying to build up what I'm doing right now. Just keep doing it and keep doing it well. And grow from there. I mean, it's so hard to to say where I'll be like in five years, but I really am so passionate about the fashion industry and helping to make that more inclusive, not just for curvy women, but for all people. I think we need more representation of all kinds. And I really wanna help fight for that. And as my platform grows, I wanna help bring other people up and help them have have their own platform. And I just like really wanna help make fashion more inclusive so everybody can look at fashion and feel represented um, aside from that, I don't know. Music is still a huge passion of mine. I would love to somehow tie that back into my life. And um, I also paint. I don't think we've really talked about that. But I, I paint and I love doing that. And that's been something that I've had a lot of you know, success with. Kind of without seeking it out. Um, and so I do that. I have a little like studio set up over in my apartment. And I paint. And I just want to keep being creative and sharing my ideas and what i have to offer with the world and help encouraging other people to do the same thing because i really think that's my purpose and i just i think i'm on the right path and i just want to keep doing it
1: (laughs) i hope you do too and i love the idea of making creating a society where, where more people can see themselves in the in the media that that we see that's huge i mean mickey guyton talked about that too where she, d- she looked around and didn't see a her anywhere and how isolating that was and how discouraging that was and how life-changing would it be for so many people to be able to look and see themselves reflected in the TV we watch and the magazines we read, and, you know, the ads. Uh, it's, it's really a powerful thing and, and it's tied also to the issues of mental illness, the issues of suicide, when people don't feel like they fit in, when people don't feel like they're accepted and embraced and loved and or lovable. So um, it's it's powerful work. It's it's important work that you're doing. So I love that.
2: Also, I forgot to mention this, but a woman who really inspires me is Coco Rocha. I don't know if you know who she is, but I she's just like iconic supermodel. And I actually had the chance to train with her or under her um, during quarantine. She did this like virtual training and it was me with like 20 other models who are kind of new and it was insane. And she's the perfect example of a woman who is building up other women. And she's had so much success and has walked for basically every major designer. And she was, you know, helping us and helping us like figure out what we want from our careers. And I just think she's the perfect example of somebody who recognizes that there's enough success for everyone.
0: That's beautiful. I love her. We'll put links to anything that we kind of call out here. So I'll put a link um, to her stuff um, in the description. But I know I said that was the last question and we wrapped it up so nicely, but you made me think of something that I just find so insanely interesting. I have to ask you, Um, you mentioned painting and we never talked about it in person, but I saw you post your paintings, guys. They are insane. But you have, um, I'm blanking on the name for it, but you see music in color and in in art. And then that's at least the stuff that I'd seen. you, You paint that.
2: So it's called synesthesia yes. and um I see color when I listen to music and it took me a really long time to recognize that like not everybody experiences music that way because for me it's just been so normal. Um it really I think was like a couple years ago that I recognized that it wasn't like something that everybody experiences. And so once I realized that I was like, "Oh my gosh, like I should start like painting the way that I see different songs." And I did, and I started kind of sharing it just here and there on social media. And then I would have people reach out and ask me to paint, like, their wedding song or, like, (laughs) just, like, different songs that meant something to them. And so I've had the opportunity to paint for, like, one of my favorite actresses here in L.A. and just, like, people from across the country that want to celebrate their anniversary or just fun things like that. And I love it, and I love getting to share that experience with other people.
1: Wow, how cool. I wish I could see that.
2: (laughs) I wish I could see my music. When I
1: saw you post that, I was like, I'm so
2: jealous
0: and I just want to yes. pick your brain about all the things. And and guys, you have to go look at her, her page and see these paintings because it's so hard to describe. But I think they're kind of a perfect metaphor for you as a person. You're so unique and so just authentically who you are. And sunny and colorful and beautiful um and I'm so glad you mentioned painting because I forgot that that was something I wanted to ask you oh
2: you're so sweet thank you no I just I don't know I think I don't even try to be this way I just I think I just naturally think differently than most people and when I recognize other people that are kind of going against the grain I just want to champion them and be like Don't listen to the naysayers, like keep making your art because it it matters and it's impactful. And I just, I think the world needs more people that feel empowered to share their ideas with the world.
1: Let's dig into our rapid fire questions. Do you have a favorite creator
2: at the moment? Somebody that I actually really am obsessed with right now is Yvonne Strahovski. She's an actress and she was in The Handmaid's Tale and a new Netflix series called Stateless. And I just am obsessed with both of those roles that she played in those films. And I just think she's so incredible. And acting is an art form that like is not very familiar to me. So I have so much respect for people who do it. And I think that she just did amazing in those roles. And they're both super important films about social issues. So highly recommend checking that out. What about your favorite trend? Okay, I don't know if this counts as a trend, but I think just, like, people feeling more empowered to share stuff on social media, like, just, like, creating and, like, TikTok and things like that, I think that's so cool. I think it's something that didn't really exist when I was, like, you know, in middle school and all of that, so I think it's cool that people think it's cool to just share their perspective online. (laughs) Yes. Did you see,
1: I think she's a model and actress, and she just shared recently on her social media photos from the stillbirth of her child. Chrissy Teigen. Yes, Chrissy Teigen. And it was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. It was photos from the hospital room, and it was just real raw pain she was in in that experience. And I had a really interesting conversation with my husband about it because he was like, oh, why did she feel like she needed to show that oversharing? And I'm like, I don't think that's oversharing because I think there are a lot of people who have been down that road and nobody can relate to it. Nobody knows and they feel alone. And now she just put it out there and it's, it's the real thing. And that's what it looks like, you know? And There's such power in that. There's such power in just being open about uncomfortable and ugly experiences that you have that people might be ashamed to share. You know, Um, it takes the it it takes the stigma out of things.
2: Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think I I think it's so powerful the time that we're in because we truly have the ability to log onto our phone type whatever you want to type, post whatever image you want to post and just send it out there and connect really with anybody. And I think like that trend, I guess, of being able to do that and be able to share authentic moments is really powerful. I think it's so important.
0: I don't know if you find this, but I feel like I've always found that the people who are really upset at the quote unquote oversharing are the people it's not, geared towards are the people that that don't have the experiences that can relate so to me as a woman even though i've never been pregnant and i don't have kids um i know that i'm really thankful to grow up in a time where people speak openly about how common miscarriages are because i know that when i do want to have children that may be something i face and i can't imagine how isolating that would be to go through that and and i i worked really hands-on in women's issues in college, specifically with sexual assault and human trafficking. And a lot of that was not even academically. It's something that happened from what I studied. Um, And I can't tell you how many times I have made phone calls for people because they were too um, emotional to make those calls just for even like an STD screening. For times where people I knew had been assaulted and they came to me because they didn't know what to do and they didn't know what their options were. And they came to me because I spoke about what I was studying. And I like, I don't even know how many people have been saved by someone speaking out about their experience with suicide. I can't imagine how many women have felt empowered and like they aren't alone from seeing Chrissy's post. And the people who are upset are the people that it's not meant for.
2: You know, that boils down to what we were saying earlier about having that mindset of like knowing your why, knowing who you are and what your story is and feeling empowered and showing up as yourself because there are always gonna be people who don't align with what you have to say. But on the flip side of that, there will always be somebody who will resonate with what you have to say. And so it's deciding to show up for yourself, for those people and for yourself and like letting go of the pressure to have to be likable by everybody because that's just not possible. And I would much rather be disliked by certain people, but also speak my truth and connect with other people than to miss out on that experience because I'm too scared to say something that people might not like. (laughs) On the flip side, what about a trend that you wish would stop well tying right into what we're talking about there's this page on instagram called influencers in the wild i don't know if you are familiar with it and they feature like submissions that people send in of like videos of people taking photos of other people just like out and about And so a lot of times it's, like, influencers taking, like, their photos and it's somebody else, like, recording the whole process happening. And it's funny, but, like, it's turned into this thing where, like, if you look at the comments, they're, like, tearing everybody apart. And I'm just, like, stop. Like, let creators create and let people have their fun, even if it looks ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let them take their photo from six different angles. Who cares?
2: (laughs) Um, How about the last time that you failed? Um, okay. So I tried to do like a winged liner the other day, completely failed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't mastered it either. I
2: no, I mean, I can show up to set and have my makeup done, but in my day-to-day life, I don't wear makeup. Usually I don't do my hair. I'm like the most low-key person in my day-to-day life.
1: (laughs) What about if you could go back in time and visit you at a younger age and give yourself some advice? What would you say?
2: Okay, this is cliche, but I have to say It's just like enjoy the journey instead of trying to rush to the destination because I feel like when I was young, I was always like, go, 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 go. And that is still my personality because I'm very forward thinking. But at the same time, I think I've learned how to appreciate where I am instead of constantly trying to like achieve the next thing and get to the next place. And I think it's really the journey that helps lay the foundation for where you wanna be anyway.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you for spending your night with us and sharing your journey.
2: Thank you so much. I was so honored when you guys reached out, honestly. And if I can ever do anything to help support you guys, let me know because I think this is so important what you're doing.
1: To stay up to date on all things The Table on social media, join us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at the handle at sign the table women.
0: Our theme song, Stop You, is written and performed by yours truly, Sarah DeFors, co-written
1: by Taylor Foley and Will Macbeth, and produced by Will Macbeth. And as always, we'll include links to any creatives, music, television, etc., referenced in this episode in the episode notes.
0: We'll see you next time on The Table. Do what you want, work what you got, say what you think, and don't let them stop you. Stop
1: you. Don't, don't let him stop. Stop you. Don't let them stop you. Don't let us stop Don't don't let us stop you